I'm going to also take a second to tell you all about one of our show sponsors. That's Norse Fire Equipment out of North Dakota. Whenever I first started talking about having sponsors for the show, I really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and, and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other. And he seems to fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap. For Y'all go over to NorseFireEquipment.com, coupon code COWBOY5. That'll get you 5% off on your online orders. All right, guys, on with the show. Dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is the podcast for firefighters. We talk about real-life situations, stuff that happens in your station, leadership, promotions, stuff that happens in your personal life, like relationships, finances, you name it, we talk about it. Some things may be a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. Guys, welcome back. Glad to have uh, all the new listeners that have been listening in, getting a, a bunch of messages from tons of new people reaching out, you know, just giving me words of encouragement, saying that how much they like the show, how they like how it's, you know, no, no sugarcoating, no bullshit, just telling it like it is, and that means the world to me that so many people have come to this podcast and have started following us on Facebook and everything in between. And I just, I can really tell that, that we're growing a lot of momentum, a lot of traction, reaching a lot of new people. And that's all due, you know, to, to those of you that share the show, those of you that have been following us from the very beginning and, and believed in, believed in what my team and I were trying to do with trying to make the fire service better, trying to talk about some of the issues that we deal with as firefighters in real life. None of this, just everybody wanting to talk about the same old shit over and over again. That's not something that I wanted to do. And so, you know, starting this off, I wanted to talk about the things that firefighters have to go through, whether it's, you know, struggles with finances at, in your home life, struggles with divorce, relationships, stuff with your kids, having to work a bunch of overtime, problems within the departments, whether it was terrible leadership, whether it was corruption, cowardice, all those different things. It's all the topics I really wanted to talk about because it was things that I had experienced in my career with the departments that I worked for. And I felt like a lot of the times I was the one that was willing to jump on grenades for people and I was willing that was willing to step up and talk about it and try to figure out how to solve this solve the problems and come up with solutions when a lot of people really just didn't want to deal with the controversy. So I started off with this show just trying to be a voice for the people that I knew and the people that I, I personally knew that were going through struggles within within the fire service and giving them just a voice. And with that, over the last almost year now, we have grown to 
almost 14,000 listeners on the podcast and about 5,000 people following us on Facebook. I'm not that great about posts on Instagram, so that's that's a little slower. There's a couple hundred people on there. That's something I started kind of late, to be honest. But we also, you know, we have a ton of people that are following us on Spotify and and Apple Podcasts. Which, if you if you are listening to the show, I encourage you to go and follow us on there, subscribe on there, leave us a review. That only helps this show just grow even more. I know a lot of you tell me all the time, man, everybody needs to listen to this. Everybody needs to hear how real this shit is. Well, that's the only way I know to do it. That's all I'm doing everything I could do to try to get my voice out, everything I could do to share on Facebook and, and share the show on all the different groups that are on, on Facebook and, and those different groups that are allowing me to um, to basically advertise what it is with the third alarm cowboys we're trying to do. And I'm thankful very much for those groups to, you know, allow me to be able to do that. And the admins on those groups, because they could very easily just block me out. Like some fire chiefs might want to do, but these guys, some of them are, have gone through some of the stuff themselves and they've reached out and said, Hey man, you know, we talk a lot about tactics on the group, but the shit that you're saying, it needs to be heard too. So we're going to let you share all you want on there. And they, you know, they, they basically let me have free reign to post, what I want to. And that's, that's amazing to me. That shows true brotherhood that shows firefighters out there wanting everything to get better for everybody, whether it's tactically, operationally, home life, family life, where everybody just is trying to come together and fix the problems that we have. And that's exactly what we need right now. It is completely mind blowing to me what some of the things that our brothers and sisters in the fire service are going through. Now I'm going to go ahead and preface this show. I'm going to cover a a couple different topics on here. I was in the gym today, really got to thinking about everything that I wanted to talk about today. And I'm going to warn everybody this show may end up getting a little rough. Something I'm also going to say, I went The topics I'm going to cover, I'm going to talk about fire chiefs on this show. Do not think that I'm talking about every single chief out there. There are some amazing fire chiefs. I know several. I'm currently working for one that truly believe in the mission of the fire service, serving and protecting the community, doing everything you can with every dollar that you get of taxpayer money and putting it back into taking care of the citizens that we are accountable to. There are fire chiefs out there that believe that their men and women are their number one asset. They will spend their every dime to make sure that those men and women at the station are taken care of, making sure that they're trained up, making sure that everything that they need to be able to perform their job at 110%, they're doing at their, at their rank of being in that chief spot. There are chiefs out there doing that. I'm pretty bad about getting caught up and voicing my opinion on the fucking shitbags. I am. But the reality to it is, is there is a very terrible ratio in the fire service right now of good chiefs and chief officers versus shitbags. And the shitbags are outnumbering the good chiefs an insane amount. That's a failure on all of us. That's a failure on the fire service as a whole. It's a failure on administrations, like city administrations, whether it's the city manager or mayor, whoever does the hiring and firing of the chiefs. It's a failure on their part. 
It's a failure on ESD board commissioners' part. There's a lot of people that have failed at their jobs and allowed for these shitbags to move into their positions in which they're now in control of all of us. So the only way that I know to fix that problem is for us as firefighters to get our shit together and realize that we are together. Realize that we are all trying to do the same thing. And once we can get that shit through our heads, that no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter whether you're white, black, brown, gay, straight, all the other, any different classification that you want to claim yourself to be, that we are all firefighters and we are all literally wanting the same things out of life. We all want to be the cool guy that's liked. We all want to be good at our jobs. We all want to make enough money to live the kind of lifestyle that we want to have. We all want to be able to provide for our families. We want to be able to go on vacation. We want to be able to have a nice fucking truck or a nice fucking car and do the hobbies, whether it's hunting or fishing or music shit or anything. We are all wanting the same shit out of life. But we get caught up in the station. We get pitted against each other in the station by people that want to divide and conquer us. We get caught up in different classifications. Where we lose the sight of the fact that we're firefighters and we start classifying ourselves as whether we're white or black or Mexican or whatever. I've had it happen to me. I've had a brother of mine that he and I made a lot of runs together, shared a lot of blood, sweat, and tears together. And in the end, we ended up getting split up and I haven't talked to him in years because of some political bullshit. He drew a line in the sand and he decided that being black was more important than being a firefighter. And that's just the reality. He chose that the current group of people that he was running around with wanted to basically didn't want to agree with anything that me being a white individual had to say. Now, I will tell y'all, this man, as well as any of you that have rode with me, and we've been on a crew together, we have some real-life conversations at those kitchen tables. We go to, We go to church at the kitchen table. And all rank is supposed to come off, all classification is supposed to come off, and you're supposed to have a real-life conversation like that is your true family sitting there. And, and it's supposed to just be open and honest. You can talk about anything. That's what I was always taught, and that's how I feel the family is. When I'm sitting at the kitchen table with, with my biological brother or my kids, my wife, we talk about everything, and we're open and honest about everything. So why should it not be any different at the firehouse? And those of you that have worked with me know that that's how I feel. We, t- we talk about uncomfortable shit. Because I want to know how you feel about stuff. I want to know how you think about stuff. I want to know how you were raised, what your preconceived notions may be on who I am as 
some country bumpkin from deep east Texas. You might have been taught like this individual was. That no matter what, no matter what I would do, I'm going to be a racist bastard in his eyes. And no matter all the blood, sweat, and tears that we shared, the bad shit we saw, the calls we made, because I made a lot of good shit with him. I say good shit because we're firefighters and we like making runs and serious runs. Good fires. And all that shit went out the window because of the group that he was running with outside of work. I hate seeing us as firefighters getting completely separated and split up and losing. You know, we walk around talking about brotherhood and family, but then we can get destroyed as as simple as something like that. See, to me, sharing the bad stuff, sharing the struggles, making the runs, having the the shifts where you don't ever get back to the station because you're running your fucking ass off. That's pain, and it sucks. And to me, growing a relationship through the suck and through the pain and the trauma and the sleepless nights, that's a real bond and that's a real relationship that's built with somebody. And it doesn't matter where you come from, what color skin you have, whether you're male, female, what your sexual orientation is. All that shit goes out the window when you're on run number 25 and you're fucking cross-eyed and all you're wanting is your partner to just talk to you to keep you awake so you can make it back to the station. All that shit goes out the window. But we're getting so hung up on little shit. I say little shit. We're getting hung up on things that people want us to think. That we're losing sight of that. That's where your brotherhood comes in. For you, those of you that are new listeners, I talk, I've talked several times on this show about how I'm a huge fan of the military. I never served, but majority of my life, I have always studied different, everything about the military, different branches of the military, leadership principles coming from the military. One of my favorite movie series that there ever was was Band of Brothers. And the reason why... Those guys had the bond that they have was because of the shit that they went through. Well, we're no different. I mean, no, we're not getting blown up in Bastogne. We're not D-Day storming the beaches of Normandy or paratrooping in like those guys were. Losing entire plane loads of, of platoons of people that we've been with for two years. We're not doing that. They had a really hard four years. Some of us have a really hard 20, 30 40 years for some of you out there. And it's with the same people. You're getting kicked in the teeth and kicked in the nuts day in and day out on these damn shifts together trying to do your job with that person to the right and to the left of you. That's the same band of brothers. That's where our brotherhood of the fire service comes in. So when we have relationships like that that are torn apart because of people getting inside our heads And making us think things that don't pertain to what we're trying to do in our mission as firefighters. And it makes us forget that we are firefighters. That's a problem to me. And I lead with all that to say 
Because there's fire chiefs out there that are doing the same shit. There's fire chiefs out there that truly believe in divide and conquer. They truly believe in pitting this shift against that shift. And these people against these people. And the reason that they do that is because as long as we are fighting amongst ourselves, we'll never fight them. Y'all need to go and do a little research on how political parties for of all time have been able to divide and conquer peoples and take over. Now I know that's a little deep. That's pretty uh that's a pretty political statement, especially with everything that's going on in the country right now. But the fact of the matter is, is the things that are going on in the country right now, whether it's with misappropriation of funds at the fucking federal level of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. People doing different schemes. No matter what what side of the aisle you're fucking, you, you vote for, they're all pieces of shit. They're all in it for themselves. Republican, Democrat, they've been in office 30, 40 years. They're making $170,000 a year in salary, but they're worth $140 million. Now, firemen aren't necessarily the smartest people in the world, but y'all know that shit don't add up. Most of y'all are making fifty, sixty thousand 60000 a year. Are y'all worth a million? That would be the same level of math. It doesn't work like that, and y'all know it. So people are scheming. They're all scheming. Well, guess what, guys? The fire chiefs are doing the same shit. We have fire chiefs doing the same shit. And when y'all sit back and you allow people, whether it's inside the fire service or not, when you allow them to pit us against each other as firefighters, you never see the problem for what it truly is. I've worked at several departments. I'm not necessarily proud of the fact that I've had to work at several different places, but it was just a reality. Because when you get to a point where I was, where you are the squeaky wheel, you're the loud one. Because you're sitting there looking, and a fire department can bring be bringing in, it's a two-station department, and it could be bringing in millions of dollars a year in tax revenue. The fire chiefs all have brand new flight vehicles, but your apparatus can't stay out of the fucking shop and you're in the reserve unit about 95% of the time. You have, at that time, I would say department-wide, we had about 16 firefighters that did not have gear, and according to them, they didn't have money to buy gear. Stations that were falling apart. I know some of you heard the story where I was talking about I lived in a station where the shower and the shitter was out in the apparatus bay. Well, this was the same place. You can't tell me that there's not a problem with the money. But what did that place do? They constantly kept the crews in turmoil so that there would never be a level of uniting. They had an assistant chief that stayed over there chewing your fucking ass out just for showing up in the mornings. He's a typical douchebag. You show up in the morning and do what you're supposed to do and address the fire chief because he's there at 7 o'clock in the morning over there to stir the pot to get you your blood boiling for the morning time. Because it's the type of individual that he was. He wanted to try to get you pissed off first thing in the morning so your whole day would be fucked. Because he was a miserable fuck. And you tell him, good morning, chief. Meh. How do you know it's a good morning? 
motherfucker thought he came from we were soldiers or some shit. And he ain't ever done a motherfucking thing in his career. He worked at that department forever. All they were, prior to my time period being there, was a super rural department where they had grass fires and brush fires, and that was the extent of his experience. But he was able to get in that chief spot because right place, right time. How many of y'all have seen chiefs land a, land a chief spot like that? Right place, right time. They went from being a volunteer department to paid. The ESD or whoever just said, well, y'all been in the administration. We'll just bring y'all in on the paid side. Boom, you just became a fire chief. No credentials, no education. Hell, that asshole didn't even have a fire certification or an EMT certification. That's the kind of shit that I'm talking about. When we're fighting amongst ourselves about who deserves this and who deserves that, and I don't like you because you're white or I don't like you because you're black, and all those kind of little simple shit, you're not looking at the full picture of what's really going on. See, what y'all need to understand that I have learned over the last year or so, when you are a firefighter, an online personnel is what I'm going to call it. On-duty personnel. So when you're not in that fucking office job is what I'm getting at. You have to earn your spot every step of the way. From firefighter, senior firefighter, EO, lieutenant, captain, even up to battalion chief, district chief. When you're that online personnel, you got to earn your fucking spot. Some people may not think that they need to earn it, but go ahead and promote. And when you get your fucking teeth kicked in because you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be earning it. You're going to be earning it or you're going to get somebody killed. But you're still going to end up earning it or earning your consequences. But you're going to earn the shit. Those people in that office, now, I've said before, I don't mean every, every chief. But the good chiefs know who I'm talking about. They don't earn their shit. And see, this is the difference between us Online personnel. I've been a captain for almost eight years now. But when I go hire on at a fire department right now, I got to start over. I got to start over and work my way all the way up. Now, the sad reality to it is, no matter where I go, I probably have more experience than a lot of those guys at that department. But I got to earn my way. I got to do whatever the time requirement is. I got to do whatever the testing shit is. I got to earn every step to get back to where I am today. Those fire chiefs don't have to do that. Once a fire chief, always a fire chief. They can literally get shit canned from a job for stealing fucking money, no, no, nonetheless, and go get another fire chief's job. Because once they get that little feather in their cap, they're in a whole other realm. They're in a realm of politics that most of you do not understand. They're no different than a true politician that's asking for your fucking vote. Except for the reality is, is they don't care about your vote as a firefighter. They care about that city manager or that mayor's vote. And that's it. They don't care about your vote. They don't care about you. In fact, it's the further they can keep you away from them, the more shit that they can do to protect themselves and build themselves and build their wealth and do what they need to do for themselves. Do y'all understand that? Think down deep about that. 
when you are fighting amongst yourselves or you got captains fighting against each other or you got this shift and that shift fighting because somebody didn't take the trash out or somebody didn't wash the truck and all that nicky-nack bullshit, y'all are worried about what's happening there. Now, we say all the time, take care of what's in your control, right? Focus on what's in your, in your control. But when you have chiefs that are literally destroying departments, that becomes your problem. I've heard before, stay in your lane. I had a fire chief tell me whenever I was bitching about the fucking payroll and the fact that a mayor and a fire chief literally stole myself and every other guy that held rank at that department lower than the fire chief stole our rank pay and bumped us down to firefighter pay for over a year. And whenever I continue to raise, think about it, continue, because you're talking about for me, it was well over 20 grand. Plus, it affected my pension and all those different things. He seriously told me, stay in my lane. Well, motherfucker, my money is my lane. And so many of you are scared to death of your jobs, of losing your jobs, losing your rank, losing whatever power you think that you have, that you're letting shit like that happen and you refuse to say or do anything. And that is pure D, 100% cowardice. That means you wear the same badge as me, but you're a fucking coward. And if you're allowing that shit to happen and you know that it's wrong, then I've got nothing for you. When firefighters, all of us, because we're all firefighters, when we lose sight of the fact that we're firefighters first and then whatever other rank that you hold, whatever position that you think that you have, because it's it could go away at any point, guys. I've started over a couple times now. You can hold rank today, and tomorrow you're one fucking political action away from losing it. I worked at a department that the fire chief was having an affair with a ESD board member's wife. Well, when all that shit shook out, the ESD board cut the money off. They just ceased payments to the department, contracted to our mutual aid department. My job went out the fucking window. All because a fire chief wanted to take care of himself in whatever means. Doesn't always have to be financial. It could be shit like that. So what y'all got to understand is what you're holding right now and what you have right now is not permanent. It's borrowed. Your position is borrowed. Whether you hold it for two months or 20 years, your position is borrowed. And as soon as you retire or you're out the door, somebody else puts that badge on, somebody else takes up your the, takes up the reins for you, and they continue on. So do the most with your position while you have it. And part of doing the most is making sure that those firefighters to the right and left of you 
or your other officers are all taken care of and not getting fucked over. We've got chiefs out there that will literally do that shit, guys. And I'm pretty fired up. I saw. I know some of you saw my post earlier where I, I talked to one of our listeners. They're from another part of the country. I did not know them before I started this podcast. They've been pretty very religious listeners of the show. Um, huge fans. Giving me tons of encouragement throughout the duration of me doing this. And I talked to him today on the phone. And he literally, one of the first things he said to me on the phone was, Man, it's truly amazing how the things you say on your show, I don't know you. We don't live in the same state. We don't even live in the same region of the United States. But the things that I say on the show, his department is going through it step by fucking step right now. It's almost like a two-week lag. I'll say some shit, and the fucking fire chief will do it. And we kind of laughed about it. Our exchange was, I mean, it was happy and everything, but he was just like, man, I... I had no idea other people were going through this stuff. And I just laughed. I said, bro, you have no idea. I get messages from guys just like you all the time telling me the exact same thing. Whether it's insane turnover rates. Whether it's people trying to promote for the wrong reasons, screwing each other. I mean, you you name it. Everything that we discuss on this show is happening. And it's happening everywhere. So we were, we were going back and forth. And I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you all the story. And y'all, y'all will understand why I'm so fired up. So a couple months ago, he, kinda, he reached out and told me that their, their department had a pretty bad turnover rate. Had, had lost several people. Uh, the administrative staff had actually had some turnover two or three times because of a fire chief. And basically, they're down to the point where they are so understaffed with certified personnel, completely certified personnel, that the fire chief has put out a directive, no more interior attacks. Uh, This individual is an officer at that department. He's heavily involved with training. They've been trying to get guys trained up, but they're with such a high turnover rate, he gets guys trained up to be able to do what they need to do to perform, and then they leave and they go get a job somewhere. So they're struggling. And he was like, he asked me originally, you know, what do I do? I'm like, just keep being a positive light, this, that, and the other. Take care, take care of your brothers and sisters online. Well, what ended up happening is he got in some hot water for standing up for one of the other firefighters and got him on the radar. Well, we all know how that goes. Once you get on a, a shitbag chief's radar, it's, it's a downhill slope after that. Well, that's what ended up happening. Of course, the chief ends up coming after after him as an officer, which he's one of the senior officers in the department, so he has a pretty good say-so when it comes to different things. Well, they're still continuing to have massive turnover to the point where some news articles were put out about the concern for the community due to lack of staffing. Completely acceptable, 100%. Well, they ended up, I want to say it was about a month ago, they end up having a essentially a town hall with the 
fire board commissioners. Now we have ESD commissioners up there. It was called, I think they're called fire commissioners, just a different label, but essentially the same shit. Well, the reality to it is, is there was three commissioners on the board that are in tight with the fire chief, have been for years, and this is all one big scheme getting getting put on by them. They don't give a shit about what's happening with the guys online. Just like I said, the chief does not give a fuck. He is there for himself. He is there to take care of himself and his buddies on the board. Well, now, this, this all came about the taxpayers and citizens started demanding to see some numbers of the turnover rate. They want to know why so many tax dollars are being wasted on people to get trained up and leave. The fire chief gets pissy. So then in turn, it, it makes it an even more heated exchange. They start demanding for his head. Well, the reality to that is, and I want everybody to understand... When a shitbag chief starts having the accountability train rolling down his tracks, y'all have never seen someone that will burn everyone around them to keep the heat off themselves. They will fuck everyone over to try to not lose their gravy train. And that's exactly what this individual did. He starts raising ten kinds of hell with... with my buddy from the show. And to the point where they went, they asked me what to do. And I was like, man, go public. I, I'm a firm believer, guys. A lot of people may not like this shit. But I am a firm believer. If you stay educating the public and your community on the inner workings of what's going on in your department, the public will hold your fucking chief to account. He has to answer to them. They are the taxpayers. When they show up to city council meetings or they show up to ESD board or fire board, whatever it is, and you got a room full of fucking people and they're screaming and pissed and every single one of them is on the agenda and wants to know what the hell is going on, shit will happen. Changes will be made. It's when all of you sit around and you hide out in the station and you bitch amongst each other about how shitty things are, but no one grabs themselves by the damn nuts. Sorry for you ladies out there because some of y'all are tougher than a lot of the men running around in the fire service. Some of you actually have more courage than a lot of the men in today's fire service. I will give y'all that. But until y'all will grow a pair and get some guts and get outside of your station, see, that's what the union used to be about. This is where I'm going to piss off some people. The IAFF used to be about for us. They used to be the loud voice to get the shit that we needed. You know, we can't go on strike. I don't know about other states, but in Texas, emergency services cannot go on strike. So we don't have that ability to be that loud. So while we have IAFF locals is to be that voice of an off-duty representation to get out there in the community and get their fucking asses involved and let the community know what's going on inside those stations. What's going on, that w the shit that we need. Whether it's stations, whether it's a new fucking chief because he's a piece of shit, whether it's financial audits, all that stuff. That's what the union is for. And they fail us. They have failed us time and time again. And I'm going to tell y'all why. Far too often, the union presidents 
are buddies with the Chiefs. I just heard a story of a department not too far from home. The former president of the union, he was the union president that I know of for like two or three terms, so damn near eight to ten years, is bitching about the turnover rate and how shitty the administration is treating the firefighters right now, and I went the fuck off. Because I'm like, dude, you were the union fucking president, and you did nothing. This turnover rate, these problems that are happening are not new, bro. Y'all been having these problems that I know of. I've been in the fire service now almost 15 years. Y'all been having these these problems since before I got in. Going on 20 fucking years. You did nothing during your term but try to be buddies with the chief and use your deal as a resume builder and you did jack shit. How many of y'all have union locals in your department that are nothing but a fucking bumper sticker crew that you pay your union dues to and when you need representation or you need advice or you need changes to happen they don't do fucking shit i would say there's a large percentage of y'all that have that problem now i can't say anything for the new the new main iff administration and all that but i mean shit guys the old one that was the damn president for, I don't know, 10, 15 years, whatever it was. I think his name was Schultler or Schiller. I don't know how to say his name. He was being investigated for stealing like $10 million fucking dollars from the damn pension and death fund from the IFF, from all of us. Now, I don't know what ended up becoming of that, but just the sheer fact that he was even investigated for that shit shows you that those guys are not out for us anymore. They're out. That is a political step for them. To be able to run around the country, rah, 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 everybody. Get everybody piped up. But I promise y'all, I fucking promise y'all because I know for a fact, when you call them because you need them for problems going in your department, see if they show up. So back to the story. I told the guys to go public. That's what I believe. I believe you can't get your union off their ass to go public to get involved with either the local news media or the city council and get up there and be the voice for the people, for the guys. Then it's it's up to firefighters to lock arms and do it. I mean, that's what it is anyway. All it is is you just have a, you're underneath a name, a number, but it's still the same shit. It's still the firefighters are still standing up for themselves and out talking. So do that. So that's what these guys did. Well, they started talking to some of the commissioners. They got actually a new fire commissioner elected who's a retired firefighter of like 30-something years and actually knows what's up when it comes to the fire service. For those of you that are ESD boards out there or ESD fire departments, guys, I'm going to tell y'all my personal opinion. You need to get involved politically in your community. Do not rely on the fire chiefs to be the voice when it comes to those political roles and decisions. And like I said, this is not all chiefs, but a lot of them will use their position to go out and they'll recruit people to be on that board that are going to take care of them, not take care of y'all. That's the difference. And you have to understand that. So if you get out and get, get political in the sense of essentially recruiting people to be on the board that have a fire or emergency services background. That is a very key importance in today's fire world because when you tell them that your stations were built in the 1950s and y'all haven't updated since and you can't 
park the new style apparatus that we all are getting in those bays of those stations, a guy like that or a lady like that that's been in the fire service will understand that. But you tell Joe Blow, whoever off the street that knows absolutely fucking nothing besides fire trucks are red. When you tell them that, they're like, well, then just why can't we get the pumper built a different way? Why can't we just put a bigger door in there? They don't understand all those little things because they, they've never lived it. And also, it opens them up because they don't have the experience behind them. It opens them up to be manipulated by a shitbag fire chief. When they have the ability to go in and, and tell this board of commissioners or board of ESD members, uh, ESD board members, whatever their agenda is that they want, then they're going to buy it because that's the trusted fire chief. Y'all, Do y'all see how important that is? You're cutting your own feet off by not having a voice because you don't have an ally or you don't even have anybody on that board that even knows y'all's names. You don't have anybody you can even go to. I think that that is of crucial importance to have a relationship with your ESD board members. My job that I'm currently working, I was in the station the other day. They had had an ESD board meeting. I'm new there. So my captain takes me in there. Hey, man, I want to introduce you to the ESD board members. And I'm like, Damn, that's allowed? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they they want get to get to know you. They want to know your background. We have, we have a complete open relationship here with the ESD board members. And I was like, no shit. And everywhere I worked, we weren't even allowed to fucking talk to the board members. Honestly, most the two places that I worked that were ESDs, I didn't even know the board members' names besides the board president because I had to open the fucking door for him. That's the difference. When you have an open and honest administration that's not out to screw the people over, screw the taxpayers over, or screw you over as firefighters, then that's the type of environment that's acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to the ESD board members. They're going to ask you all about yourself. Got to meet them. Shook hands with them. Super nice guys. Pretty old guys. But um, very friendly. Um, it was a complete culture shock to me. But see, that's what you need. Because like that, when you have call volume goes up and you're like, man, you know, we really need to hire some more people. Well, if you're actively involved with the board, then you'll be able to say like, hey, we're getting our fucking teeth kicked in over here. You know, is can we allocate some more funds to upstaff a little bit? I mean, whatever. That's just a simple example. But do y'all see the drastic difference of Having a chief that has it completely isolated where he or she is the only contact for that board, that's a problem. So going back to the story of, of the, the listeners, that's what they had. Well, now they have a board member on there that's an ally to them. Retired guy comes to them. Hey, what's really going on around here, guys? Why are y'all so short-staffed? Why do you not have people that are trained adequately? Well, Taxpayers are giving you all the money. What's really going on? Well, they tell them, 
hey, this is what's really going on. And holy shit. That's whenever World War III starts. And that's what y'all need to understand. And I warn these guys. I'm like, hey, you know, when you go public, this is the reality to it. A dumbass chief is going to come after you because they can't help themselves. That's what y'all don't understand. When the heat gets on, I'm telling y'all, they will make stupid decisions. They will try to burn everyone around them. And they forget all sense of common sense on what employment law is, on what (laughs) legislation... I mean, it's comical because it's like, man, if you would just exit gracefully, then you could probably just go away. But when you start opening the doors like they did this guy, so the the officer that I was speaking to, because they spoke to that, that ESD board member, which, okay, this is the thing. He's a taxpayer in that community. That's the tax board. Now, I know there's departments out there that have a policy, like my old department, you're not allowed to talk to the ESD board. Well, that's fucked because you're a taxpayer. You have every fucking right, if you're a taxpayer, to go to those city council meetings and talk in the city council. Every right. This is the United States of America. A fire chief's policies do not overrule your state constitution or the constitution of the United States. They do fucking not. As a taxpayer, you have that right. So that's what these guys did. Well, the fire chief suspends indefinitely the officer, which is 100% retaliation. The officer had a meeting yesterday with the with the commissioner, lets him know, hey, you know, I've been suspended for talking to you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he comically laughs and he says, well, that was pretty dumb on the fire chief's part considering one of the major taxpayers that's involved with this entire thing and is pissed about y'all's current staffing situation and station situation, all that's going on, is a major lawyer in this town as well, and she's now offering her services to you for free, and you'll have your job back. That's what you guys got to understand. Educate yourself on employment law. You hear all the time, oh, this generation is just sue happy. No, motherfuckers. It's not a matter of being sue happy. It's a matter of knowing what the fucking law is, and you can't cherry pick. A fire chief will be the first one to want to throw policy in your face or throw law in your face and all that shit. But the thing is, when you throw it back, well, now you're just a sue happy millennial. Or whatever. You're just a sue happy. No. That's not the way it works. I'm able to fucking read. I'm able to know right from wrong. And when you fire someone for doing what is completely legal to them in the Constitution of the United States, that violates employment law. And that's your ass. So that's what they have going on right now. And basically, the, the new commissioner and everything, because he's got the fire, they're going after the fire chief's head, 100%, and they should. The things that are going on there, the turnover rate that's going on. When you have gotten to a point where you have more uncertified personnel on your staff, and you're still operating under COVID rules, where during COVID, because it was a fucking disaster declaration, you were able to, to staff apparatus without people being properly certified, if you're still operating on that level because you have lost so many people that you can't stay ahead of the curve with your staffing, 
you're the fucking problem and you need to be gone. I don't care how many years you've been at that department. I don't care who your fucking buddy's with. You're, you're shit. You're not tending to business. You're not doing your job. You can go off and get what degrees you want and certifications you want that make you look good and you can hang them on the wall in your chief's office and tell everybody how educated of a chief that you are. But if you cannot handle the simple thing like staffing or keeping trucks on the road or keeping your stations from falling apart on your guys, then that's a problem. Some chiefs out there have to deal with all those because they're dealing with a shit fucking administration in the city. Or they have an ESD board that refuses to give them money. That's a completely different argument that I'm not going to get into because that's when you guys need to get involved and make sure that your city council is stacked with pro-fire department people or your ESD board is stacked with pro-fire department people, not just some Joe Blows that come in there and are able to buy a billboard and get the votes because they're popular. That's where your problems is when it comes to stuff like that. But I hope y'all are starting to see how truly important it is that firefighters step up and start getting involved in your communities with your voice and let people know what's going on. I'm here to tell y'all, I've seen it time and time again I made a post today after talking talking to, to my buddy from the show. Because after what he said, he's like, man, I just, everything that you say, it's literally like step by step. And I'm just laughing because I'm like, man, look, guys, I'm not a fucking fortune teller. I'm not rubbing a fucking genie bottle over here and coming up with this shit. It's truly because I've lived it. And I've lived it at multiple departments. That's what y'all don't get. I'm very passionate about this because I've seen it over and over again. I left places because I'm like, man, surely it's going to be better over here. And I go and my patch changed and I'm in a completely different area of town, but it is the fucking same thing happening. Same thing happen, happening, just a different person. And y'all can't tell me that, that that's the norm. Like, when I'm dealing with it in my career, and then I'm getting all the messages from all of you that y'all are dealing with, so that's happening everywhere. And it's not because I'm just a fucking fortune teller or I can see into the future. It's This shit is because I've lived it. And I'm also telling y'all things that I screwed up on and I didn't do that I should have done to fix the problems while I was still at those departments. And so one of the reasons I tell y'all about going public, my EMS agency that I've worked at for years is now on EMS. I was one of the original guys that went to work there, help them start that agency. I'm very passionate about that place. All my, a ton of my friends all work there. It's right down the road from home. I love the agency. The EMS chief there, she is phenomenal. She cares about the guys. She cares. I mean, it. It truly, if it paid more, it'd be the only place I'd ever want to work, if I'm being completely honest. But it's deep rural East Texas, and it just doesn't pay that much because the tax base and the money is not currently there. So they're able to keep the doors open. We run three trucks, cover a very, very large county between two lakes. And, man, I worked there this weekend, and we got our fucking asses ran in the ground. So for any of you that, that are listening that message me, and I haven't gotten back to you because I know that there's still a several of you, that that's truly why. I mean, I... We got fucking ran in the ground. Um, and I, I apologize. I haven't gotten back with y'all. This is probably the most delayed I've had. But one of the things about that agency that I learned several years ago when I was a, still a young officer 
was this whole thing about being involved in the public. So we're governed there by a hospital board, which is the same as the ESD board, whatever. It's just, it's the hospital district. So people pay a hospital district tax in that community and it goes to fund the county hospital and us. That's where the money goes. Well, the hospital is staffed by a staffing company and the, there was the old board. I'm going to shorten the story a little bit because this was about a four or five year period that this ended up happening. But basically what ended up happening is the old board from all signs that I can tell. Now, I never was, I was pretty heavily involved there when it came to a lot of the uh, administrative meetings and stuff like that because the chiefs and stuff, I, I was I was just heavily involved. Um, and I loved every minute of it. It was, it was great. And I learned a shitload when it comes to all of this taxes and uh, tax rate funded stuff and, and everything like that. One of the things that I've noticed or it seemed to be was the contract that was signed with a staffing agency had an insane contract rate that was written by the old board. Um, pretty much they fucked the county. Now I have my my personal suspicions because there was some board members that were on there. They signed this into office, or they signed it into contract, swore it in, boom, this is the contract with this staffing company. And literally, I watched two of them get up from the meeting and say, "We resign our positions and walked out the door." So my personal opinion is they got paid behind closed doors to sign this contract because it was not sustainable. For the tax rate and the taxes that were coming in to that county for what they signed to that staffing company, there was no way in fucking hell that it would have ever have been paid. So they knew they were bankrupting the county of their hospital district um, and EMS agency. They knew it. And I think it was for personal gain, personal whatever. Well, with that, it it took a couple of... I'd say probably about six months for that to actually, because of those members quitting, including the the president, got up and quit, walked out. One thing that they did that was even more sketchy is they also signed a resolution in there that they signed in that the previous board members could not be audited or investigated for financials once they resigned their positions. Is that a red flag to anybody? Because it was to me, and I thought that was sketchy as shit, but they signed it in, and they were the governing body to be able to do so. So there could never be any kind of audit to see what happened to the fucking money, basically. They signed it, and they shagged ass, and that was it. And we were left holding the damn bill. Well, about a year rocks on, whatever, or six months, it starts coming up. People are like, oh shit, why is there such a hike? Because it literally went the contract over... Like three years basically doubled in the three years. Uh, or every year, I'm sorry. Every year, the contract amount doubled. So it started off as like 600000 Then it went to $1.2 million, Then it went to two point four. Well, they don't even bring in that much in taxes. So everybody's like, how the fuck are we going to do this? Well, the first thing that comes to, to the board's mind, because we didn't have anybody on that board that was pro-EMS, was, well, we'll just shut EMS down. So, all right, well, I have a lot of friends there that are involved heavily with the volunteer departments. That that county has only volunteer departments. There's no paid fire departments in that area, so they're all first responders that are volunteer, and, I mean, we rely on them on basically every call. 
there are manpower, there are, um, you know, an initial contact with the patient because some of our places it takes us 45 minutes to 50 minutes of an in route time to get there because the county's so big and that's that's hauling ass and it still sometimes takes us that long. So we heavily rely on those guys. Well, we reach out to them and basically what I'm telling y'all is we went public as fuck. We went public as fuck all over the place, talking to everybody, telling them, hey, the ESD board or the, um, I'm sorry, the hospital board is trying to shut EMS down because they fucked up and signed a contract that they can't afford to pay. And I'm telling y'all, the next board meeting, the whole damn hospital, they had to redirect patients coming into the ER through the front door in the lobby because the conference room was on the ER side of the hospital. The whole fucking hospital was full of the community slap full we had little old men and they're telling the board members y'all are fucking chicken shit what are y'all doing with the money we want ems we need them more than we need y'all who's gonna come when we call 911 there's no other ambulances they were pissed insanely pissed and guess what guys to this day the doors have never been shut on that agency they figured it out when the pressure got on and people got voted off there was people removed of their positions they had to hold some elections and now we have people on the board that are pro ems whenever the ems chief says hey we're due for a remount on ambulance they say okay well call frazier's who we get our ambulances from out of houston call frazier find out when they can get a chassis Find out how long it's going to be. We'll come up with the money. Hey, we're fucking slammed because it's Memorial Day weekend. We need to upstaff because it's a holiday weekend and we're a late community. Fine, call them in. Well, nobody's wanting to come in for Pay them double time. Offer people double time to come in. We need those ambulances staffed. That's what we got now. Four or five years ago, they were wanting to shut our doors down. We got the community involved. We got loud. We got public. We didn't get caught up in the bullshit of, well, who's getting promoted to the supervisor and who's getting this and who. All that bullshit went out the window, and we cared about keeping the agency alive and keeping the community safe. And that's what we got. That's whenever I truly learned that educating the public and becoming a voice to the public is by far your best way to keep a healthy fire department, to keep fire chiefs that aren't in it for the right reasons, to keep them fucking accountable. Because when they have a room full of people that they're having to answer questions to on their failures, they're either going to fold and leave or they're going to shape up. Bottom line. That's, that's the way that shit works. Or they'll call for their head and the community will say, fire that motherfucker, get rid of them. Get hire another chief in here. That's happened. So to my buddies that you know, fans of this show and everything for their story going on, that's what they're currently dealing with. And hey, they're kicking ass. I mean, he's an officer. He's one of the most senior officers there. He's suspended. He put it all out there. And now he's got the community's backing. Hell, by the time this shit's done, he may end up being the fucking chief, y'all. Literally, I don't know if he wants it or not, but it could happen. 
the ESD board can say, man, we like you. We trust you. You were open and honest with us. Anytime we've asked a question, you've come forth. You hold the credentials. You have the trust of the guys online. The other firefighters trust you. Do you want a chief position? And he may say, well, I don't have the degree. Well, that's fine. We'll pay for you to go to school. You never know where the shit can go by being open, honest, truthful. That shit can happen. Hell, those chiefs like the one I talked about, he didn't have any certifications. The one I worked for, he had none, y'all. No certifications. Right place, right time, he was able to be the fucking chief. So who's to say that you can't? It just takes standing up and doing the right thing. Yeah, you may take some heat. You're going to take some heat. Just like I told those guys, you're probably going to lose your job. That's a reality to it. You're probably going to lose your job, but the reality is, when it all shakes out, you'll get your job back. They'll probably have to give you some fucking back pay. And hell, who knows? You may end up even getting promoted. That is a reality to the situation. You will have, guys, you'll have chiefs do knee-jerk reactions, emotional decisions. They'll shit-can you. They'll do whatever, but they're not thinking it through. You really and truly need to educate yourself on what retaliation is. You need to educate yourself on what whistleblowing is. Those are very important things. I'm not saying you got to become a lawyer as a firefighter because we shouldn't have to do that. But in today's society of the climate that I'm hearing from all of you, no matter where you work, you have this shit going on. You got officers that are willing to fuck you over to try to advance themselves. You got, I mean, you got captains that'll fuck over rookie firefighters to make themselves look good to the chief. I mean, there's just all, there's just example after example after example. And until you guys get educated enough to be able to stand up for yourself in a professional manner that protects your ass, but then also puts them in check, that's where you're fine. Like, you could be fine. So I'm going to leave y'all with this. I started the show talking a little bit about the divide of, of people. I know y'all see it. It's all over Facebook. It's all over every bit of social media. New, I mean, the whole world is trying to pit us, what I would say, not just firefighters, but the working group of people. We're all getting pitted against each other for different shit. For us, sometimes in the fire service, I feel like it's worse because we live with these people. I mean, I, I've probably been in a fire station more nights than I've been at home over the last 10 plus years. So you live with those people and they're from all walks of life. So when you have all these external things that are telling you, you need to hate that guy. You need to hate that girl. You need to hate, 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 hate. And you get more wrapped up into that and you make judgmental calls on somebody because of the color of their skin or their their sex or their sexual orientation or whatever. All that shit right now that we're constantly fucking hearing about. You completely destroy your crew. You completely destroy what we are. And I'll tell y'all the rest of that story. 
about the, the friend of mine that was a firefighter. What started that whole thing. Now, he and I have been through, like I said, we've been to church at the table. We've had many, I wouldn't even say they were heated, just realistic talks. He was raised in the hood. He was taught that white people have white privilege. He was taught that white people got it easy. All these different things that I'm sure a lot of people have heard, whatever. And so we're sitting there talking about it because he made a comment. I was like, whoa, bro. Or we were talking, he was saying something about credit. I think I was trying to buy a house at the time. And I was really going through struggle to buy a house. Now, this was, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. And buying a house ain't fucking easy. For those of you that, that have, haven't done it, whatever. I mean, the amount of paperwork, I know things, from what I've heard, I haven't bought a house in a few years now, but from what I've heard, it's not near as complicated as it used to be because right now they're just wanting to finance the shit out of everybody. But back then, I mean, you're ta- it, was, it was insane. Check stubs, W-2s. Oh, you're a firefighter? Well, you get paid overtime, but overtime is not guaranteed. So how can we guarantee that you're going to... I mean, I had to have all this fucking shit. It was like... We did 90 days worth of shit. They had to extend on it. I mean, it took me months. Well, I remember him making a comment. Well, hell, you're white. You should just get... they. You, I know you got good credit. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? What do you mean? And he he explained to me what he had on. And I'm like, no, man. I got like a fucking 640 credit score. Like, what are you talking about? And he thought... He legitimately had been told that white people all have like a 720 credit score just for being white. And I was like, no, man, like, I got fucking credit card debt, so my credit score is low. I mean, I don't I don't understand. We And we're going back and forth. We're talking about all these different things. And what we ended up realizing throughout these conversations is he wanted the same things out of life that I did. He wanted out of the hood. He got himself out of the hood. He, he had two girls, two daughters, and a wife. And he wanted them safe, protected, wanted them to be able to do dance and travel uh, dance stuff and be able to go on vacation. And, and I'm like, well, fuck, dude, me too. That's my daughter's in dance. We do competition dance. Like, I'm, we're living the exact same life, bro. <laughs> we're living the same fucking life, sitting in the same fucking fire station right now. I don't understand. And. We, we just we're having this back and forth and we ended up like completely realizing that even though we came from completely different walks of life, we wanted the same things out of life and none of the shit, the differences of us mattered. It didn't matter because whenever that 9 pops, we're on the truck together. We're going to sweat together. We're going to get hot together in this fire. I mean, everything, it, it didn't matter. And so we move on from that. To a couple years later, I left that department. A couple years later, I make a Facebook post about the American flag. And he sends me a message. And he had left that department as well and was involved with some other stuff. I honestly don't know. I've heard since he's actually gone back to that department. But he left and basically was out of the fire service and was doing his own thing for a little bit or whatever. But he was hanging out with a group of people that were that were pushing that that shit back on him. And so I made the post about the flag. Well, he comments and essentially was 
saying that the American flag wasn't for black people. The American flag was racist. And, of course, I messaged him back privately, and we end up having a really heated, heated exchange. And I know a lot of you may be, like, cringing with this conversation, but I think it needs to be said, especially with what's going on in today's world and even what's going on in a lot of fire departments where guys are getting pitted against each other. I explained to him that to me, the American flag is for everyone. I don't think the American flag is for me because I'm white. I don't, I don't get that. Because to me, and he and I had a lady that we knew as a firefighter for Houston that died on duty. And my old assistant chief, who was the head of the honor guard for Houston Fire Department, is one of the ones that draped a flag on her and the other members of the of the fire department that died that day and brought them out of the rubble covered in an American flag. And when they were put in that casket, draped that casket in an American flag, and up until the moment where they put them in the ground, they were draped with an American flag. They were white. Brown, black, but they were all firefighters. Every single one of them was a firefighter. Every single one of them came from different walks of life. A couple of them were officers, had been at the fire department for a long time. She was literally just out of fire academy. Her dream job, Houston Fire Department, had just graduated fire academy, hadn't even been there a year yet, and gets killed in the line of duty. And all of them were draped in American flag. And that's what the flag means to me. So when I see that, that's what I think about. Now, I know it has a lot of other reasons. It has a lot of patriotic reasons. It, but truly to me, I know that every firefighter that I've attended their funeral or that I've watched their funeral on Facebook or everything, movies we grew up watching, Ladder 49, Backdraft, you name it. All those movies we grew up and everything we see, firefighters are covered with the American flag. So that's what that means to me. And I explained that to him. And I haven't heard from him since. And I've been thinking about that recently. And just how divided, even inside these fire stations, we are. And how we truly, a lot of us, our common enemy is, I wouldn't, I mean, I use that word. But our common enemy is the fire. It's our job to fight the fire. It's our job to fight whatever illnesses or injuries that those people that we respond on the ambulance to. That's our enemies, is those Things that we're there to help fix. Our enemies are not each other. Some places, our enemy may be the fire chief. Some places, our enemy may be the mayor. City council. ESD board. Our enemy is not inside that fucking crew, y'all. And it doesn't matter what your walk of life is. You're there for the same reasons. If you've got a family, you're there to provide for your family. You're there to take care of the community. 
I mean, it's literally, we are all there for the same reasons. So think about that. Wrap your mind around that and fight the enemies on the outside that are coming after y'all. Heal whatever needs to be healed between you. If you got to have, I mean, y'all have heard me say, those conversations at the kitchen table, that's where you have those conversations of being a family. Take your rank off. Let your guys open up to you. Say what needs to be said, but know that it's right there. It's at that table. If you got to have some hard talks about shit to get shit off your chest, you should do that. And you should explain. We're setting it all out on the table right here. This shit doesn't leave here. This shit don't run to the fucking chief's office. You don't take what's said here and run to the chief's office and try to use it for blackmail or personal advancement. If you're one of those fucking people, fuck you. You're, you are the problem. You are what's destroying exactly what I'm trying to talk about. You are the one that is destroying exactly what we need right now. What the communities need right now. Fix what needs to be fixed inside your stations, guys. Male, female, black, white, brown, Asian, whatever. All the different stuff right now. Because right now, I kind of feel like a lot of guys are losing the fact that we're Americans or the fact that we're all firefighters. That should be your two first things. Get all that shit squashed and healed. If you have grievances with guys on your crew, they've done shit that you didn't like, you should be able to say, like, hey man, that shit wasn't acceptable. I know the hazing stuff is all kind of, that's that it's not really happening anymore at a lot of places. Now, some places it probably still is, whatever. But you should honestly be able to say if you reach a level of crossing a boundary. There's certain things that should be able to be boundaries. And if somebody says, hey, I'm not cool with that. Then you don't fucking retaliate against them. You don't start fucking stacking paperwork on them. And think that, oh, well, they're just not trying to be part of the crew or they're not willing to go through the things that I went through. We're in a different day and age, guys. Completely different day and age. There's things that might have been acceptable 20 years ago when you came in that flat ass are not acceptable today. People are going through a lot of shit in their personal lives today that they shouldn't have to relive at the fire station. The fire station should be their safe place. I know that word has a, a negative connotation due to all the shit that goes on with a lot of weaklings and shit like that in the car. But you should feel safe and you should be able to trust those crew members sitting at that table with you to know that they're not going to do things that bring up bad shit in your head. I mean, it's like if you're an addict, okay? If you're a fucking a, dr a former drug addict that's away from the drugs, or even away from the alcohol, those guys sitting at your fucking table should not be trying to force the shit down your throat. They should understand that you can't really handle being around that type of situation or that environment because it's not good for your head. 
they should build you up and protect you from that. That's what we do as a crew. And I say that because I've worked with several guys that had habits from their past. And I was completely understanding of it. People are not walking the squeaky clean walk of fucking life that a lot of these fire chiefs and whatever else want to think that firefighters have. A lot of the firemen that I know grew up rough as shit. And I'm here to tell y'all, they are some of the best fucking firemen that I've ever worked with. You want that guy. I mean, me personally, if if I'm working in some of the, the districts that I worked in, I want a fucking guy that's been to jail. I do. I want a fucking guy that has a background of drinking and partying and raising fucking hell. I want a guy that's been rough and had his ass beat and been in some fights and shit. Because it's going to happen. You're going to have that fucking PCP patient. You're going to have that messed up patient or that drunk fucking asshole that wants to fight. Or a group of fucking drunk assholes that want to try to steal your shit off the fucking pumper when you're trying to go in on a fire alarm call. Shout out to my boys from the east side because y'all know exactly what the fuck call I'm talking about. We literally, we had some fucking drunk assholes in a shithole apartment complex. We made a smoke in a building fire alarm. Get out, go up. There's a little bit of smoke showing. Go in with the water can. We come back, and these fucking assholes are in the pumper trying to steal all of our shit. And then when we say something to them, they try to fucking jump us. And I'm here to tell y'all, uh, it's great having motherfuckers on your crew that'll back you up because they ain't scared of a fucking throwdown. And did any of them have squeaky fucking records? No, they didn't. <laughs> Some of them had a fucking past. You could look them up on Google. And I love it. That's real life, y'all. This life is not easy. This life is not fucking squeaky clean. People got shit that they're dealing with. People got shit that they're dealing with at home. I've said that before. There's a There might be a, a guy or girl sitting right next to you that's dealing with some mental health shit right now. Are you the kind of crew member that's trusting enough for them to be able to come to you? And talk to you and tell you? Are you the kind of crew member they know if they try to tell you that shit, you're going to run straight to Chief about it and burn them? And so they're going to drown in whatever fucking problems they got going on right now because they can't even trust their own crew. Or they can't talk to you because y'all are all pitted against each other for all these different reasons. Or people thinking that they need to do this, do that to promote. I mean, there's a million. Y'all all know exactly you can all picture somebody in your head right now that you could not fucking trust telling him anything or telling her anything because you know that they would use it to burn you. And that shit is just simply unacceptable. Start taking care of your crews. Look outward. See what the real enemies are. If you're at one of these departments where your chief's not taking care of y'all because he's out for himself, that's y'all's enemy. I'm sorry. That's the reality to it. If you're at one of these departments where the city is fucking y'all over because the mayor or whoever else is taking the money and doing what they want with the money. I know personally, I dealt with that shit. That's your enemy. Don't worry about what little nicky-knack disagreements you have inside your station. Fight the outward enemies and we can take care of each other. Get out of your comfort zone. Open your mouth. Talk. Talk to your crew. Be open and honest with your crew. 
Go talk to the community. Get involved. Let them know what's going on. It's their fire department. It is truly their fire department. Those are their trucks they pay for, their stations they pay for, your payroll that they pay for. Talk to them. I do not agree with a chief saying that you cannot talk to the community or you cannot talk to elected officials. I do not agree with that. I think that that is censorship and that's fucking wrong. You're not a prisoner in jail. You are a taxpaying citizen of this country. So act like it. Own the responsibility of that. And take care of each other. We have to unite, guys. We do. Firefighters have got to remember that we are firefighters first. And everything else is in the background. That's the only way that we're going to be able to protect each other and advance this career and make sure that everybody has the shit that they need. Guys, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Please go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us there. Leave us a review. Go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. Still have some shirts left available. My team and I did a, a conference call this week. We're actually going to work on doing a extremely limited edition um, item. I'm trying to work out the details on what I want to do. Uh, I've found something I think a lot of y'all are going to like, and it's going to be ex- extremely limited. And so that's what I'm working on right now. I'm just kind of I'm trying to figure out exactly where I'm going to order it from, to be honest. But um, I think it's going to be one of a kind and something that's going to be pretty cool. So I'm working on that. But y'all go to thirdalarmcowboys.com, order the podcast launch shirt or the RJ Nep Condemned Saint Fight shirt. Help support him in his uh, pro boxing career. We're trying to help with all of his finances when it comes to that stuff. Still working on trying to get together and, and get a, a fight locked in, guys. That's that's actually a, a pretty hard struggle uh, for RJ right now with his um, with his promotional company and all that kind of stuff. So we're just along for the ride on that and really trying to help him in every way that we possibly can. But, guys, thank you all for the encouraging words that y'all send me. I really do appreciate it. It means the world to me that that all of you – Put your trust in me that all of you, you know, give me the the respect in what my opinion is when it comes to your different situations. Sometimes I think uh, I don't always have, you know, the best answer because, hey, you know, my career path has not been the easiest one. And, and a lot of people may not have wanted to follow the same career path as me. So those of you that, that truly want to know what I would do in these situations... That's um that shows that shows great respect and I'm I'm extremely thankful for that. But anyways, guys, will y'all take care of your crews? Okay. Stop getting divided when it comes to the Nicky Knack shit. I know that everywhere right now it seems like we're getting bombarded with trying it's just it's divide and conquer on all levels right now, whether it's in the fire service or not. And we walk around all the time talking about brotherhood. Well, we're not a brotherhood if we're not staying strong together through the hardships. You're nothing more than just acquaintances, if that's the case. True bond of brothers is formed through controversy, is formed through conflict, is formed through war. So pick the proper enemy for what your department 
is dealing with. And if it's just fighting fire is your enemy, if the fire is your enemy, then you better be willing to go World War Three with that shit. Get out there and train. Get y'all's tactics on point. Be the most badass firefighters that your department ever had to fight that enemy. That's extremely important. But do it. And know that that's where y'all build your bond of getting out there and getting sweaty and all that shit together. Learning where you know everybody's fail points are. Learning what their strengths are. But doing it as a crew. And that's how you form that bond. That's all I got for tonight, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Damn